Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is what we call a three technique. This is what we call a three technique. On the ride with Royce. With the 23rd pick in the 2010 NFL Draft, the Green Bay Packers select Brian Bulaga, offensive tackle, Iowa. Uh, the Green Bay Packers last night playing the Detroit Lions for the second time this season had all five of their offensive linemen together, their their projected starting line. The first time was week six. Uh, the first time uh, was earlier uh, in week six when they, uh, but it lasted for only 15 plays when left guard uh, Lane Taylor hurt his ankle. Well, last night that group was together for 42 snaps and they couldn't really do much to help poor old Mr. Hunley. God, he's yeah. awful. He's, yeah. he's brutal. But uh, then Brian Bulaga. Uh, the uh, left tackle, who is a very good player on those rare occasions that he's healthy, hurt his knee, confirmed today, ACL, out for a year, try to get back next year. Uh, so the Packers should not, I mean, right tackle, Bulaga and uh, Bakhtiari back missed four games this year. Only two of their their regulars have played the whole season. Their their line offensive line has been brutally beat up for years here. Uh, he he actually played all 16 games last year, Balaga. He missed four in 2015. He played 15 in 2014. He only played nine in, in 2012, and then he missed the whole 2013 season. What was mm-hmm. that, knee that time? I think too? it was a knee back then, too. Yeah. So if he had to miss a whole season after a knee injury, he might have to miss another one, too. They probably... Uh, didn't they just give him a bunch of money, too? I think they just gave him a bunch of money. I thought it was back to hard. Like, maybe, maybe they gave one. But anyway, the poor old Packers. Uh, Does Ted Thompson they, ever give anybody money? He never likes uh, to pay anybody. No. Uh, hey, the Packers, 4-4. Four and four. Uh, They might as well pack her in here and go for the good draft choice, right? There, yeah, there's it's, nothing going on here. You can't bring the guy back. You can't bring Rodgers back. When you're six and seven or something, can you? I mean, it the only way you no would sense. the only way you would is if you have a chance to, if if the Vikings have just caught fallen flat on their faces and you've got a chance to win the division. And looking, otherwise, why would you? And a, uh, answering your off-air question on the air, Pat, the last time that they finished below 500 was in 08 when they were six and ten. That was Aaron Rodgers' first, first year, year as a starter. Yeah. Yeah. Six and ten. And how about? Uh, 06 before the rear Brett. 05, uh, they went when 4 Brett, and 12. That was and 0- Brett's second to last year, and then yep. he left in 06, right? Uh, no, 07. No, he left in 07. He left after 07. Okay. 
Because they lost in the championship game to the Giants. He didn't get hurt eh, either. They were just terrible that year. Well, that was that was uh, Mike Sherman's last year in 05 okay, when they 05. went 4 and 12. Yeah. And then they fired so him and hired McCarthy. Ever since, so. Yeah, McCarthy's well, first year they were 8-8. Uh, they need to be bad and get a top 10 draft choice because they haven't had, they never get one. Draft a quarterback. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Well, <laughs> they need to draft defensive draft help. Somebody. Holy crap. You, can, you could kind of tell, I don't know if either one of you guys saw Mike McCarthy after the game. He, he kind of had the sense of a guy that, he didn't seem upset, but he also didn't seem very distraught. He just seemed like he kind of knows that it's it's, that this is... This well, is probably going to be seven but even to nine. With Rogers, and... They are good enough. Their defense stinks. Yeah, and they, as you say, they let uh, Micah Hyde go, and they, they just—it's time for Ted to go. Ne- next time, time for Ted to go. It's probably Please remind me next time too, we have Damaski on, yeah. which we'll probably have him on again before the season's over. Mm-hmm. I got to ask him why they let Micah Hyde go. That's mm-hmm. still—that is still driving me nuts. Why they let him go? Especially just in the way that, as we just mentioned, we start games because. Um, but we give ourselves a chance uh, most of the time. I know that at the very end there have been games where we've lost by double digits, but we've cut the lead down. We've, uh, we've got ourselves there, but it seems like we exhaust ourselves trying to get back in the game, and that starts with the with the first unit. So that's Kevin Love, and he came back to uh, practice on Monday after being rushed to the hospital during the Cavs' 117-115 loss to Atlanta on Sunday. Uh <laughs> He experienced stomach pain and shortness of breath before summoning himself out of the game in the third quarter and then went to the hospital to receive an IV. He's an overreactor, isn't he? Take me to the hospital. Yeah. I got, I'm short of breath. Anyway. Uh, Maybe he did ju- some knuckle push-ups and exhausted just, himself. I knew you were going to say that. It was <laughs> just kind of feeling all out of sorts. Well, I feel out of sorts every morning. I don't go to the hospital. Right. I'm always out of sorts. <laughs> What the this hell? is how I feel. They, what a big wussy. You know, I, I love LeBron James, but the Cavaliers, it just every year it's just something oh, else. It's so annoying. Well, they lose it's to that so Atlanta annoying. team. That Atlanta was one and ten, right? Yeah. Atlanta, Atlanta's Atlanta's terrible. Ooh, yeah. yeah. It was ugly. Uh Love said, I don't know where the lack of I don't know if it's focus or energy, but Dwayne Wade had ripped them in all the starters. Yeah. And he said he supports Dwayne Wade ripping the starters. <laughs> but then oh, no uh, they the play guys. tonight. They play against the Bucks. Shumpert comes back. But LeBron, after Kyrie, after Boston won to go to 8-2 to two, eight and two on Monday night, mm-hmm. he Instagrammed a punch, a fist, which means what? It means that. He Instagrammed something that has caused a big turmoil. What, what message is he sending? Oh, I see. Like he's throwing yeah, he's throwing shade in, in the direction of LeBron and the cab, Cavs. Well, oh, you're saying Ky, Kyrie went on Instagram? No, no, LeBron. LeBron did? LeBron sent out a, a punch of like he's wants to punch everybody so mad. I don't know what it meant, but. Oh, I, I see that. Okay. What's it mean? The the fist you're talking about? Yeah, this about fist. What's that? it mean? I don't know. It looks like a somebody. It looks like an animated fist from like Family Guy or yeah, something. Yeah, right. And it's like I don't know. Like it's a it tense. Like I'm getting upset. angry. Well, Kyrie went and had a the Boston had a Boston's eight and two. That guy could coach, man. Yeah. Or Brad and, Stevens. And yeah. won eight in a row, and he was mad because Kyrie's eight and two, and he's struggling. So. Bledsoe, quick hands, coming to the steal. Going right at Nance Jr. with a beautiful reverse. Oh, what 
a thing of beauty from Bland. Bledsoe on the drive gets the foul and the finish. How many times we saw that from Eric Bledsoe last year? I mean, he was as good as anybody at getting into the paint. Uh, has there ever been a bigger overreaction than these idiots, the Phoenix Suns? Bledsoe tweets something out. Uh, I don't want to be here. I don't want to be here. And then he said later it meant the hair salon. The hair salon. Yeah. <laughs> but who cares? He's your best player, and you stink. Don't you? And you stop playing him. He's only played three home. games. You see, you get sent home. There had to have been more behind the scenes, right? Well, who knows? Whoever this jackass is, Ryan McDonough, whoever the he's the new GM, GM yeah. is, and he's going to be a tough guy. So now they end up trading him to the Bucks. They get Drake Monroe back, who's you know, he's like okay. an expiring deal. Yeah, and, yeah, and they and, got a first and then they round got pick. a first rounder. Which and I I was reading about the first rounder. The first rounder has to be fall between eleven and fifteen for them to get it for next the, year. Yeah, and then it then, then it's it, like the year after that. If they don't get it next year. Then they'll get it the year after that, but it'll have to okay, fall between four and other, sixteen or something. Yeah, they got that other kid, Brogdon. Huh? Brogdon in the background. Bro- yeah, he's, he was a rookie he of the year a, last is he year. A two guard. He's he's kind of a combo guy. He's he's good. So off they can the ball put Bledsoe and, and him together, and oh, then yeah. have the Greek freak. Yeah, Brogdon's good. He's he's the Here's kid from Virginia. Here's another contender for the Cavs. The Bucks are going to be good. Yeah, Eric Bledsoe good. is really good. They're pretty good. Eric Bledsoe. He uh, you know he uh, averaged. Uh, what did he average last year? Points. 21 a game last year. 20 the year before. He's a hell of a player, but he said something on Twitter, so we have he to and, get rid of him. He and Brogdon are going to be there. That's going to be a pretty nice backcourt. Brogdon's a good player. He you won know rookie what of the he year was last doing? year. He was affecting the Suns' culture. Oh, you can't affect the culture. The culture. You got <laughs> to respect you gotta the culture. You got to respect the culture. It's not our culture. That's unacceptable 100%. That's, that's right. That, but that's the general manager, uh, yes. uh, uh, Mr. McDonald. And he also said... Uh, I eat difficult conversations for breakfast. <laughs> yes, he does. He does do that. You know what? When he said that, did people not realize he was crazy? We're one of the least experienced and youngest football teams. He lied. <laughs> You know what? You know how you use quotes. He said, "You know when you mm-hmm, blah mm-hmm. blah blah." End of quote. He said, mm-hmm. "You should say blah blah blah." He lied. He lied. <laughs> <laughs> to grow, you must fail. Yeah. Okay. You're growing like it. He's gonna be. He's gonna be seven two. He's gonna be the jolly green over. giant. <laughs> little ball headed dwarf. <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll be back with uh, the great Rich Gannon. Taking the ride with Roycey. That's it. You can take us there in a blimp. Swear you'll take us. On 1500 ESPN. Talking purple right now on the ride with Roycey. Rich Gannon, the quarterback, the league MVP. It's former Vikings quarterback and current CBS NFL analyst Rich Gannon. Rich Gannon is uh, with us. Uh, Rich is our Tuesday guest on Talking Purple, CBS Sports. Uh, the Packers didn't look too good last night, and now Bulaga's got a torn ACL. Uh, they might as well uh, start worrying about getting a good draft choice here, I think. Yeah, pretty pretty surprising performance, really. You know, for a team that was coming off their bye, I thought they would have extra time, obviously, to get the young quarterback ready. And, you know, I, I wouldn't say he was awful. Just, like, they had such a difficult time pushing the ball down the field, and everything was dink and dunk, get the ball out quick. Uh, I didn't think they obviously made any explosive plays. Jordy Nelson's a non-factor. You look at 
uh, struggles on third down, and, and I give the Lions a lot of credit. Not only did, obviously, Stafford play really, really well, but defensively I thought they played a pretty pretty outstanding performance against a team that uh, really needed to win at home. Uh, Gruden was uh, pretty good last night talking about them trying to get the ball in from the one-yard line. Oh, it's unbelievable. What a mess. Somebody you Run somebody off tackle or something. Try that something. was surprising because, I mean, really both teams had their issues. I mean, the Lions, I mean, you know, you look at them and, you know, it brings up a great point. You know, these teams don't carry a fullback. You've got a couple tight yep. ends or more receiving tight ends than, than blocking tight ends. And so that's a problem right now for the Lions is short yards and goal line. They are the only uh, team the Vikings have to worry about now in this division, though it would uh, they since they already have a victory over the uh, Vikings. That's get that gives them a little chance there. Yeah, but you know, as I look at this, how this all shaken out. I mean, obviously the quarterback's a talented player. He's the reason why they pay him as much as they do. But when you really look at it, I I, don't, I, I think they played probably one of their better performances last night defensively, but that's not a that's not a great defense by any stretch of the imagination. I think the Vikings are so much better defensively. Now the question is, can they just continue on counting on Case Keenum and maybe Teddy Bridgewater at some point? But I wouldn't make I wouldn't be quick to make a change. I, I think this team has responded to Keenum. He's playing well, and you know I think the guy. You know, has a hot hand. I don't think you make a change just to make a change because you think Bridgewater's going to be back in a week or two. No, they'll. Uh, it looks to me like they're probably waiting to lose a game or something before they would make a change. But uh, the thing, the the uh, trump card here for Teddy is that the the uh, coach absolutely loves him. I mean, a lot of times coaches just say stuff. And Zimmer's like, uh, you know, most of them he will. But the affection he has uh, poured on Teddy uh, be, even before the injury and since the injury, it's it really does seem like he wants to figure out a way to play him if he's healthy. Well, I think he's certainly well-respected in that locker room and by his peers and the coaches. I think, you know, obviously he's been through a lot the last year just with the rehab and recovery. and. He's been around, and I think that's important. You know, it's not one of these guys that decided to go to Florida or California and rehab. He, he was here, you know, and I think that says something about you know the type of person he is and the character and how important the team is to him. But at the end of the day, you just can't assimilate the speed of the game and practice. He hasn't played at all. You know, you think about all the time he missed in training camp and in preseason and the OTAs and you know, the first half of the season, and so. You know, it's going to be a challenge, I think, to get him up to speed in terms of, uh, you know, when he'd be ready to play. And I know that that's what they're trying to do, particularly, you know, during the bye week and giving him extra opportunities in practice. But it's going to be, you know, and then, then when you put him in there, how's he going to perform? You know, how's he going to respond? And I think that's, that's a, a bit of a roll of the dice when you're talking about a team right now at six and two. Yeah. And you know, is is looking like they've got a real good chance to win the division. I wouldn't, I wouldn't upset the apple cart just yet. Keenum has has shown that he can handle it. Team has responded to his play and to his leadership, and I think he just, as you said, Pat, I think he just let this thing play out. Uh, you got to give uh, Spielman credit for uh, signing this guy, Keenum. I mean, as when you look around at some of the uh, backup quarterbacks that people are trying to play, this guy's got some ability. He's got some experience, and uh, he didn't cost him much money. It was, uh, uh, you know, with uh, that you really wondered if if it was necessary. What with Bradford around and Teddy apparently on the recovery, but it turned out it was, and they are fortunate. 
They are, especially when you look at the struggles. You talk about the importance of of that position. I mean, just look at the struggles the Packers are having right now and, and the drop-off there. And you know, we can go around the latest number of teams that are struggling um, when you, you don't have your starting quarterback. Look at the, the Houston Texans. I mean, they go from John Watson. Everyone's excited. All of a sudden, Tom Savage comes in last week. They lose to the lowly Indianapolis Colts with that Andrew Luck. So uh, I give Spielman a lot of credit. Keenum has come in. He has played well. He's completing, you know, I think 64% of his passes. He's thrown just three picks. Um, you know, I think there's a lot to be excited about there. And I think he's a guy that, Pat, you know, as you said, he, he's, it's not, he, he just, he's not a rookie. I mean, this kid's been in the league five years. He's been a starter in different places. He got a chance to play a little bit in Houston. He got a chance to play for the Rams. So um, you can never have enough depth and talent at that position. Uh, yeah, the uh, the uh, I got a hunch the Packers have three games left, and uh, those tickets might be easier to get over there in Lambeau in December than they have been for a long time. I got a hunch they got to be depressed over there. They do, and I mean, you you look at the how they dominated that series with the, the Lions, and then last night yeah. just came out and kind of laid an egg. And you know, I, here's the thing that really surprised me: it wasn't just the struggles they had with the quarterback, you know, uh, the lack of explosive plays. And, you know, he's not Aaron Rodgers. We know that. But I just thought that the offensive line, you know, and, and they, they had most of them back. I mean, you got Bakhtiari back in there, and you've got, uh, you know, Lane Taylor was back in there. And so, you know, they had that group. Of course, Balaka gets hurt. But, um, you know, they didn't they didn't play particularly well. The pocket closed on the quarterback quickly. And then defensively, my gosh, you know, you look at, Stafford, he was just picking apart that secondary. And the linebackers, it just seemed like every time, it wasn't like someone was uncovered. They're just a step or, a step or two behind. And uh, that, to me, was surprising, that they didn't play better in a, a must-win game at home on Monday night. Uh, the uh, Vikings going to Washington, and I've been saying for a month or five weeks as I watched Washington let those games get away that they aren't that bad. Uh, you know, they just figured out a way to lose there for a while. Now they go to Seattle and uh, win one. That won't be an easy one for the uh, fellas, I don't think. No, it won't. You know, you look at that win in Seattle, and it's a gutsy performance. They you know, a, a big win on the road in a very difficult environment in Seattle for the Redskins. I think it's how they did it. You know, I, you look at uh, Cousins, I think he drove them 70 yards and 35 seconds inside of a minute to win that thing. And that's, a, that's an emotional win for them, one they can build on and gain confidence from, especially when you consider they were without three starters along the offensive line. They had to go into Seattle. So the thing I like about Kirk Cousins, Pat, is he's a, he's a gutsy, competitive you know, he plays with kind of a chip on his shoulder type of guy. Remember, he was in the same draft class as, as RG3. And he was, you know, the guy that was kind of overlooked by a lot of people coming out of Michigan State. He was picked in the, you know, by the Redskins in the fourth round. And he turned to be the better player. And so, and to his credit, you know, he's been offered these, these contracts and he just continues to turn them down. He just says, I'll just, I'll just play on these one year deals. <laughs> And he's making himself a ton of money, but I'll tell you, he's going to give the, the Vikings a handful. He's, a, he's, he's not a guy that's easily rattled. He's got, he plays with a great deal of poise, and that'll be a good challenge for the Vikings. You were in that town for a while. Uh, it is always amazes me that we get these people from all over the country that come in there and as politicians and you know, career State Department people and everything. And yet somehow they, I don't think they worry about anything else in town, but they all become Redskins fans. It's kind of weird. They love the Redskins. <laughs> Remember when, when Richard Nixon was in office? Yes. 
he used to write plays down and send them over to George Allen. And you know, he would he was it was expecting that Coach Allen would install them into the game plan. So I mean, there's a lot of people uh, on, on, in Capitol Hill there that are very interested in what's going on with. Uh, our nation's football team, but uh, this is going to be this will be a good challenge. Look, this is a team. This is a, you talk about must-win game. Yeah. Redskins are four and four. You look at that division. Obviously, the Eagles have, have kind of run away with it. The Cowboys are not far behind. So this is a this is a kind of a you get to the halfway point. They it, it, they all they all matter. Trust me. And this is going to be a big one. For the Redskins and for the Vikings. I, uh, you know, they've been in the new ballpark there for a long time, but I love the old RFK because they had that temporary bleacher over on that one side. And when they got up, that thing would leave the ground and come up in the air. It was unbelievable. That was a special place. You know, I had the opportunity to play there a couple times. Actually, my the year that I was with the Redskins, that was, you know, obviously we were still playing there, but that was a, you know, the Hogs and, and obviously just that, that, that organization, the history that they had, and you know they had that marching band and the whole the whole nine yards. <laughs> so it's it's a pretty special place. And and uh, I'm not as, as as crazy about the new stadium. In fact, they're in the process of looking at and can, you know possibly building a new stadium at some point here down the road. It's amazing. I, I understand that we build these new stadiums, and 20 years later we have yeah. to find another, to build another one. I, I just don't understand. Well, you look at places like you know Soldier Field and and. Uh, you know, obviously, you look at the Arrowhead and Lambeau. Why, why can't we build a stadium and, and just play there for like 70, 80 years? I don't know how that works. Well, the worst thing that happened to the new stadium in uh, Washington is Snyder came in and squeezed ten or 12,000 more seats in there. So the rows are like, you know, oh, right. 60 people long. And uh, just, uh, you know, it wasn't bad originally. So uh, the Rams, okay, we're all surprised a little bit by the Eagles. But the Rams, what in the heck is going on? They get 50 again. Against the uh, the uh, quit the the quit a lot of quit in them giants. I was trying to say what the word was here, but Jared Goff lighting it up and they're just killing people. What's going on? Well, the Giants are another story in and of themselves, but the Rams are a great story in terms of a team that really struggled last year. They fired the coach. I give a lot of credit to Sean McVay. You talk about the importance of coaching, Pat. Not only from a how he's been able to change the culture and the environment there, but really the job that he's done with a young quarterback, yeah. Jared Goff. McVay calls the plays. He's he's probably a front runner for NFL Coach of the Year, just in terms of what he's done with this young quarterback. They've been explosive. They went out and got a really good left tackle, Andrew Whitworth. Then he went out and got some receivers and some weapons for him. Went out and got Sammy Watkins and Robert Woods from the Bills. Uh, you know, and they've now they've now they they looked the part. And defensively, they've always been pretty decent. You know, the, the Aaron Donald is a, a handful over there. But but this quarterback, Jared Goff, you, know, you look at Wentz right now and how he's playing in Philadelphia. Then you look at Goff, and you you know he's 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 got a chance to be a pretty good one as well. And boy, what a break for the NFL, huh? Because they go out there by the middle of last year, nobody was going to the games. They open the year this year, they got about forty thousand people in the Coliseum. If they had another lousy year, the NFL would have been a afterthought there, but people are going to be excited about this team when they're uh, driving down the stretch and heading for the playoffs. Isn't it amazing when you don't have a quarterback and then you go out and find one and they they feel that they've found one in Jared Goff, and I think they were smart with him last year. They didn't play him a lot. I don't think he was ready to play, but and now now you get a really good quarterback coach and a guy that can develop and put the quarterback in a good position each week and put a game plan together and how different they look. I mean, 
Look, if Goff turns out to be as good as we think he's going to be, I think the Rams are in really good shape for a long, long time. Yeah, they're coming in here uh, a week after next. Vikings in a tough stretch here, not as tough as we thought it was going to be, but you're at Washington, tough game, and the Rams here. Then they're on the road uh, for three. Uh, Carolina and Atlanta are two of those. And uh, they're not as tough as they, that's not as tough as it looked like it was going to be. But uh, they're uh, they they're in, they're in their season stretch here right now. Yeah, I wouldn't count out Atlanta though. You know, they they have not played as well obviously as last year. The quarterback's numbers aren't nearly as good, but I think he's still capable. And that's a team I think will fight to the finish. And then you look at Carolina. You know, they've got a good defense. The quarterback has been you know kind of up and up and down with his production and. Certainly his accuracy from the pocket, but last week he decided to run with the football, and that made all the difference for them. So, look, these, this is going to be a great finish. There's, you know, there's a lot of teams right now at the halfway point that coming off their bye that you know, are healthy again and are going to really make a stretch run, and I'm anxious to see what the Vikings can do. And particularly I'm anxious to see what happens at the quarterback position because I think that's going to really that's going to determine just, just how far this team can go. Uh, in the postseason, I think the moral of the Falcons story, uh, Rich, is if you uh, blow a twenty-eight to three lead in the Super Bowl, uh, you can say how it's not going to haunt you, but it does for a while. I got to think it's taken some while to get over that. You know, everyone talks about these Super Bowl hangovers for the winner, but not enough about the loser. And <laughs> no. you look at how many teams that have gone to the Super Bowl in the following year don't even make the playoffs. And, you know, you look where they're at. They have not run the ball particularly well the last couple of weeks. That's had an effect on Matt Ryan. They've got a new play caller there that no one's really talking about. You know, obviously they lost uh, Kyle Shanahan to the 49ers and then Steve Sarkeesian, who was at Alabama with Nick Saban. He's, he's calling play. So there's, there's been some, some adjustments there. And they just haven't played as well defensively. And so, you know, hey, they're, they're you know, and, and who would have thought the Saints? I mean, the Saints are kind of. Yeah. I just got done watching them on film. Drew Brees is still ridiculously <laughs> talented, and they're you know, and and now they're playing better. Finally, playing better defensively, and now they've won five in a row. Okay, hey Rich, thanks for your time. Talk to you next week, sir. See you guys. All right, the great Rich Gannon. We appreciate uh, his the long conversations we have with him on Tuesdays. Uh, tomorrow, Herm, pod talking purple. Height with a sports update on this busy Tuesday. I got to tell you, fellas, I my only I wish Kenny Olsen had been here to hear okay. you guys talking football because he would have cut all three of your throats <laughs> at the same time. You were reminiscing oh. about the '87 Vikings. Oh, right? my God. One of my favorite teams ever. Mm-hmm. Update sponsored by Virgin Mobile. Who was quarterbacking for the pack <laughs> then that we were kicking the crap Mikowski. out of? Was it the, the Magic Man? Yeah, he seven. was before. Okay. Yeah, 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 I gotta go down there. a rabbit hole here and start looking. That at might, have been, might not have been him yet. That he, he was right there, right there before Brett, Brett but he yeah. wasn't there that many years. Hmm. Might have been him though. Switching your phone service is simple with Virgin Mobile. Switch online in just minutes. Get unlimited talk, text, and data, plus great deals on iPhone. Shop now at virginmobileusa.com. You don't have to be a virgin to buy it, do you, Johnny? You do no, not. You can't. Okay. That's you do not. Okay. That's I great. actually had the uh, coach. Uh, who was the quarterback for the Packers? It was a dumb f***ing <laughs> play. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, Bernie. The Vikings actually in 87 lost to the Packers both times. Really? Yeah. Uh, one of them was probably one, one of the scabs. Yeah. 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 ESPN announced today they'll set up and broadcast from the Crystal Court in the IDS Center in Nicollet Mall, January 31st, the Wednesday before the Super Bowl at oh, U.S. Wow, Bank Stadium. Good. 
Last time I saw one of those deals, it was the Sean Salisbury was up there, and everybody was saying hi, and then then he got a hold of a cell phone. Oh God, <laughs> that's ended right. that career. Forgot about that. Yeah. He's uh, actually yeah. do. I when I was down in Houston, he does an afternoon drive show. Oh, down really? There. Good yeah. for him. Network will be FM the or AM. Uh, FM. It was FM. Oh, okay. I'm jealous. Randy, <laughs> Randy Wright, <laughs> Alan sure. Risher. Don't know him. And yeah. Alan, and the Magic Man. Alan Risher was the All-Star game. Alan Risher was the the scab guy. Okay. Network will be near the heart of Super Bowl Live, the 10-day party in Nicolette Mall that'll feature free concerts, food trucks, and activities. Viking scab quarterback. Anyone? It's Anyone? A number seven. Anyone? Hold on. Anyone? Uh, Mar- Mar- it was no. Al- Tony Al- Adams. Dang it. Well, Tony Al- so Alan Risher was the he was the scab quarterback for I the Packers. So. He went two and one as a starter, so maybe they should have yeah. kept him around. Yeah, it was three games. You know, they played three games. <laughs> Uh, Monday night's football game last night between the Lions and Packers didn't do too well ratings-wise. Because it was wow. a stink fest. 7.6 overnight wow. rating. Oof. Worst rating for a week nine Monday night game since 2007. Wow. Rating. Uh, you think Aaron Rodgers has any impact on the ratings? <laughs> yeah, I, I think so. Rating down 3% from the Bills Seahawks in week nine last year. That one was right before the presidential election. NFL at that time blaming declining ratings on the election. Last night's ratings were even worse. Overall, though, Monday night ratings have risen slightly this season. ESPN is up 3% from last year. Charlotte Hornet Center, Dwight Howard hit with a $25,000 fine for making an obscene gesture here uh, when his team lost to the Timberwolves on Sunday he's night. Really? I missed it. Yeah, I didn't see what he did. I, I didn't see what he did either, but he's, he's, he's so easy to mm-hmm. just... Yeah. He is very easy to root against. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he's just... Just a weasel. It happened in the second quarter of the Wolves' victory. Uh, the Wolves back at it again tomorrow night when they are out on the West Coast to play Golden State. Roy Halladay, the two-time Cy Young Award winner, killed in a plane crash today. His wow. plane went down about noon near Holiday, Florida. Halliday was 40 years old, leaves behind a wife and two children. That's terrible. All that right, is. Johnny, thank you. You bet. All right, now let's get that traffic guy in here. Okay, I wonder where he's at. Complaining about our knowledge of the 87 Vikings, that's where he is. Hitching a ride with Roycey on 1500 ESPN. The ride with Roycey now continues. It's time for Late Hits. Kansas City made qualifying offers to all three of their high-profile free agents, Eric Hosmer, uh, Mike Moustakis, and Lorenzo Cain. I was surprised to see Cain's 32. I didn't know he was that old. Oh, I didn't know he was that old either. 32. I saw Well, I was reading LaBelle's piece today in the Star Tribune, and that's what he had him at anyway, 32. Uh, uh, Moustakas, lots of power. He'll have a nice market probably, but I don't know. I'd rather have Hosmer, wouldn't you? Even I probably yeah, would, too. I would probably rather Just have the Hosmer. body. I like the body better. He Hosmer's a little like bit he, younger, too. And he? he looks like he's going to play five, six productive years. The Moose looks like he could get chunky and hurt. Well, uh, he's already missed chunk, uh, chunks of time, mm, Moustakas has. Yes. When they're both healthy, though, boy, are they both good with the glove. Yeah, it's uh, poor Kansas City. They The worst thing that happened to them was they had that little run right before the trading deadline. So and they then they, they, then they held on. It. And I thought they were making the right decision. I thought for sure they were going to be the second wild card. Yes. And then then turned out to be us. And you know what people. happened? They believed in guys like Jason Vargas. 
Yeah. Who, fell, who fell apart in the second yeah. half. Yeah, when you get four months out of him, you can't really complain. He's a free agent, too, I believe. No offer there. Uh, Cleveland, you know Carlos Santana's in his 30s now, too? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And 31 or something. Well, he was the big piece in the Victor Martinez trade when they sent him to, uh, to Boston. Mm-hmm. What uh, Cleveland will, uh, I mean, I don't think, what do you think? Those hitters like that, they don't get big deals, right? Last year they didn't anyway. No, a lot right. of them took one-year deals. Yeah. Did Nelson Cruz end up having to take another one-year deal? No, he, he signed a, a four-year deal with Seattle there. a couple okay. of seasons ago. All right. He hits, he, hits, uh, he hits a lot of home runs. But Carlos uh, Santana, I wouldn't mind him as a DH if I could just have him DH, even though he's one of the final three for the gold glove at first base. That's, yeah. uh, that's a little shaky. What a joke. But, uh, of course, oh, Tampa, but the deal with this uh, qualifying offers now is the teams do not have to sacrifice a number one draft, a first round draft choice anymore. They what, uh, uh, either a second rounder or a third rounder, right? Based upon the level of compensation yeah. that is, is sent to well, that player. Well, if, if you're a uh, club that's uh, revenue sharing, it's a third rounder, yep. I think, and if you're not, it's a second rounder. So the teams that lose the players. They throw a first rounder to him, I think, now at the end of the first round. A right? sandwich pick, yes. Yeah. yeah. That sandwich round is going to be about <laughs> its own know, round. Between the compensation sand- sandwich and this one, you're going to have, you know, the the uh, first pick of the second round is going to be about 55 or something like that. <laughs> Baseball can screw up a one car parade in that draft. But at least they're just... trying to make it because a lot of those guys sat in the market oh, yeah, they didn't because, get you know, nobody wanted to lose picks. Mm-hmm. We were talking about this. Luol Deng. Uh, Larry Nance Jr. broke a bone in his left hand last week. That created a spot in the starting lineup for the Lakers. And Luol Deng figured they'd finally start playing him. Nope. They went with the rookie, Kyle Kuzma, which he's I don't blame re- him. That kid really can good. shoot it. Yes, he has. He can shoot it. Uh, and uh, so Deng has not been active yet for the Lakers. Uh, and uh, this is interesting because at the start of last season, they gave him a four-year, $72 million contract. Oh, my God. It definitely hurts, Ding said, about not playing, Ding said, but the only answer for me now is to prove myself away from L.A. I'm not asked to play. I'm not in the rotation, so I can't prove myself here. He wants out. Guess what? Who's going to take you? Yeah, the only thing is, he's probably talking his way into a buyout, right? Yeah. If, if, if the Lakers have any chance of trading him away, they're going to have to throw in like a first-round pick or like one okay, of the players. Okay, if he buys them. out and he comes here, which is about 80%, because uh, <laughs> Tibbs loves him. Yep, and then he loves who, Tibbs. Then what happens? Then we move Georgie? No, or you just have more just, depth up front? You, you probably just, yeah, I mean, he's... Georgie's just... He's not just really... Towns' his backup, right? Yeah, I mean, you'd mm-hmm. probably you'd probably give him some. You'd probably give him minutes over Shabazz for sure if you're going to play him. But oh, damn, Manny, that, that's might, not. Uh, we that might give be you it. minutes over Shabazz, <laughs> as Jim Pete said the other day. You can't go to a one name name, Boz. He wants to just be Boz. Oh, he does he now. His name. Yep. But yeah, not not Boz Muhammad. Boz. Yep. Like. Pele. Oh my God! Jim Pete says you got to be a good player before you can go to one name, yeah. right? 
You know, like a Brazilian Plus, we already had a Boz, Brian Bosworth. We already had one we of had those. We had a Boz, but that's, this is a B-A-Z-Z Boz. That's why I love Jim Pete. <laughs> why, uh, why, does he, uh, why does he stink? Shabazz? Uh, Shabazz. How can he be this bad? I, I don't know. That's unbelievable. It's just, yeah. You can't go right. Uh, all righty. We uh, shall return with uh, the daily. We have it. We've been shortchanging daily complaints. And lately. we need to give it we justice. Do. We do. Now, on the ride with Roycey, let's hear the boys' daily complaints. Manny Hill, what you got? Three UCLA men's basketball <laughs> players were arrested Tuesday in China. The players were arrested for shoplifting. The players are Cody Riley, Jalen Hill, and LiAngelo Ball. And they did it at a Louis Vuitton store, right? Yep, next to the hotel. You I think, think that Louis they were Vuitton at. might have some security around there because it's not like walking in and stealing some Skittles. <laughs> you know? Here's what I don't understand. LiAngelo Ball. Yeah. Your your dad started this brand, this yes. whatever, and he's charging $500 for your brother's shoe. Yeah. You shouldn't be shoplifting anything. Mm. You know. Unbelievable. You guys have money. You have money. You don't need to you don't need to steal anything. What are you doing? Uh and especially in China where they might put you in prison for 25 years. Right. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it could have been worse. Where's the country? Uh, Indonesia or somewhere? They chop your hands off when you shop? All I'm thinking about is the Mike Myers skit in Saturday Night Live where they're playing the game show, and you get the wrong answer, (laughs) and they start cutting limbs off. Like, oh, you got the answer wrong. What do you got, Reavers? Uh, To solidify my perception on us just being a bunch of rubes, are you guys familiar with the Stranger Things sweatshirt uh, happenings here in the I, Twin Cities? I'm paying I, no yeah, attention I've, to Stranger Things. I, I haven't either. I, I mean, I, I, I'm with you. I did not. I do not watch the show, but so this kid wore a uh, sweatshirt from the Children's Museum uh-huh. of Minneapolis. So we're now all happy about that? Not only that, Pat, the phone lines and the internet jammed because so many people wanted to. What is wrong with people? Oh, I saw that shirt on television. I got to go get me one, too. We are such a bunch of dorks. Yeah, but it's not us. It's the nation, right? It's not just us. Probably not. It's probably the nation. But, uh, yeah, that's just great. My daily complaint's the same as yesterday. Rick Stelmazic's no longer with us. Rick passed away yesterday because pancreatic cancer. I got an email today from Kelly. Kelly Thesier, who was uh, MLB, yeah, MLB.com, yeah. great, great kid, and she was uh, came in here and and Stelly, and she just told me uh, she liked the piece I read, I wrote about him, but also that how great Stelly was to her when she came around, because a woman covering a beat, you know, sure, traveling absolutely. with the team, it's it's a lot better than it used to be. But uh, she also was a former Michigan State golfer, and one day Stelly had her give him. Lost uh, golf lessons in the middle of the Tigers clubhouse. That's in, uh, fantastic. I did not Park. know that. <laughs> and uh, she, apparently the lessons were so good, Stelly was then giving lessons to all the players who couldn't play anyway. <laughs> but, passed uh, it on. Kelly just wanted to pass along uh, well, how great he was to her when she was a novice uh, covering the Twins. We'll be back tomorrow. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. 
Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Bakers, fresh for everyone. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.